Welcome to the Rabbit Hole Club, where we're keeping it surreal and talking about all things odd, mysterious, and paranormal. This is show number 16. Tonight it's just me again, and I'm looking at all of the strange lights reported in our skies all over the world, as well as some of the beings that go with them. It's candid, with mature content, and some adult language, so be advised. You should also keep in mind that I've included some killer photos and videos in the YouTube version. So, if you're listening to this, remember to check out the video too. You can find it easiest by browsing the video gallery on my website. If you're already watching the video, and before we dive in too deep, remember to hit that subscribe button and give this video a thumbs up. You can also visit my Patreon page and become a member so I can keep bringing you fun and freaky shows with colorful guests, interesting ideas, and amazing stories. My channels are full of groovy little goodies that'll make you go, hmm. Patreon.com forward slash The Rabbit Hole Club. If you want to follow me on social media, you can find all that on my new website, therabbithole.club. That's right, I said dot club. C-L-U-B. That's where you can find the video gallery, too. If you or someone you know would like to share a scare, a show idea, a personal experience, or anything else odd and unusual, you can call my hotline at 816-514-5084. Leave a message there or send an email to submit at therabbithole.club. And now, on to the show. Sorry it took me so long to get this show out. I spent some time with my dear son and his wonderful family in Utah. Then Halloween hit hard. I've been making masks, costumes, and a whole lot of other fun stuff for the season. It may take me a couple of weeks to get the next one out, too. It's kept me hopping this month, but here I am, ready to tackle some strangeness. On a fun little side note, I ran into Thomas Winterton from the Secret of Skinwalker Ranch while I was in Salt Lake City at the Fanex convention. He was getting off the elevator when I was getting on, and we literally bumped shoulders. What made it really wild was that I had just uploaded my last show, episode 15 of the Rabbit Hole Club, the night before, and it was all about Skinwalker Ranch. I love serendipity, and I don't really believe in coincidence, so that was cool. No, I didn't talk to him. I did say to him, hey, I know that guy. But I've worked enough with celebrities in my career to recognize the look he had on his face, and I knew he was trying to make a fast exit. So, Mr. Winterton, if you're listening, I'd love to do an interview with you someday. Thanks for the giggle. That was fun. Let's jump into the rabbit reel and see what's happening this week in paranormal news. The first thing I want to talk about happened more like a couple of weeks ago, but still. The Moai. More commonly known as the giant stone heads on Easter Island are sadly in the news right now. A few years ago, archaeologists discovered that they aren't just 887 huge mysterious stone heads sticking up out of the ground, but they have whole and ornate bodies buried deep underground. 
It was a really cool discovery and they've been excavating many of them to find crazy tools, intricate designs, and fascinating adornments carved into their buried bodies. The first part of October, a wildfire ravaged 247 acres of this international heritage site and several of the Moai were scorched beyond repair or restoration. It was first thought that the fire was related to local volcanic activity, but the people of Rapa Nui suspect it was arson. Sure seems like there's a lot of that going on in our world over the last couple of years, and it sickens me to think people would do that on purpose. Teams are still surveying the extent of the damage, and that part of the park is currently closed to tourists until further notice. I'll keep you posted if I hear anything else on that. In UFO news! Another UFO was filmed in Kansas City, Missouri on Anthony B's doorbell cam. He said that while it looks like one huge craft, it was actually several dozen craft flying in a formation. There wasn't any sound, and he said it moved almost like the Aurora Borealis. If you watch carefully, you can see it moving behind the trees. Here's another one from September in Wentzville, Missouri after a high school football game. Pretty strange, isn't it? There were several students who got different angles of this particular craft. In other paranormal news, Halloween is right around the corner this week and everybody is getting their scare on. I know I've been busy making costumes or doing makeup, and my grandkids are having a blast getting ready for the big night, too. Spooky movies are on the menu almost nightly. There's one film series in particular that has some horror fans perplexed and feeling quite uneasy after watching. I have personal experience with this phenomenon, and here's my backstory. In early 2020, I watched one of these films not thinking anything about it. To be honest, they aren't that great, and I've never been much of a fan. I'm kind of hard to scare, and I've seen more horror movies than most people ever dreamed of. It kind of comes with the FX side of my job. By the end of this movie, I noticed a very uncomfortable vibe in the room, and by the next day, I had a full-blown haunting to contend with. Shadowy figures were looming through my home, cold spots whistled through the rooms, there were unexpected knockings on walls and doors, my cat was watching things and feeling rather jumpy, strange and unidentified sounds, and creepy watched feelings with bad dreams were abounding. Then, I saw the entity one night in my dining room. I recognized it immediately. It came directly from the movie I'd watched and it was, quite frankly, very unnerving. It took me almost six months to figure out how to wrangle that energy into submission and it still pokes its head in occasionally when it thinks I'm not looking. Now, I've seen all kinds of hauntings, haunted items, possessions, paranormal oddities in my day, but I've never seen an entity come through a movie before. And these movies are not only popular, but they're available to stream into homes all over the world. After I sent this thing packing, I boycotted any and all of the films made by these people, which included several film series and even some well-known paranormal reality shows. To be honest, it made me pretty mad. 
but the experience faded with time and I didn't really think about it until a couple of weeks ago when it popped into my mind out of the blue. On a whim, I decided to run a quick Google search and I found a huge number of people who had the exact same experience I did after watching the same film. Lots of them. There were lists of Reddit threads, news articles, and chat groups with scores of terrified people trying to make sense of this anomaly. Some reports even detailed movie theaters who were experiencing heavy paranormal activity directly relating to the showing of this movie in their theaters. And what's more is that there were several news sources also reporting the same thing from all over the world. I was more than a little shocked. Then, just last week, I got a phone call from a woman who was struggling with a rather negative haunting. As I listened to her, it dawned on me that this sounded way too familiar. So I asked if she and her family were watching scary movies for Halloween. I didn't mention any names or lead her in any way, but she responded almost instantly with yes, and she named the same damn movie. Now I'm not going to speak the name of this film because I don't want the backlash from a major motion picture company or any of their nefarious cronies, but I will tell you this. Be careful what you bring into your home, even through the boob tube. It looks like this age of technology may have introduced a new way for energies to enter our lives, so the best way to deal with that is to follow your gut and don't give your precious and very potent energy to bad stuff. Okay, this is where we get a little flowery, kind of gooshy. Fill your head, heart, and life with thoughts of good, loving, sweet, and funny things. I know that's a lot easier said than done, especially when you're terrified and with the state of the world right now, but it's the best solution and it works. A wise man once said that worry is a waste of imagination, which is not only true, but useful. If you're one of those unlucky souls who stumbled into this entity, don't be afraid. That's what they feed on and it only makes them stronger when you're scared. In your mind, shut the door in their creepy face and tell them they have no business in your life. Take back your power. You are, by design, a created creator and you have the strength, power, and right to exile these energies and entities from your life. Burning a little sage is also very helpful. As for the people who knowingly enabled this, shame on you. Karma isn't just a bitch, it's a mirror, and I don't envy your reflection. Okay, I'm done blathering about all that, but I really felt like it needed to be put out there. If you've had your own similar experience, feel welcome to reach out. I'd be very interested to hear your story. With that said, now, on to the rabbit hole. This show is the third segment of Full Disclosure, and we're going to take a look at some detailed examples of things purported to be hidden from us concerning UFOs, UAPs, and non-human life forms. I've known all my life that we're not alone in this universe, and I've debated that fact since I was a little girl. But over the last couple of years, many things have come to light, and I'm finding more and more people who not only agree with me, but have first-hand experiences to back it up. Depending on the source, UFO reports have more than doubled over this last year. That's just the ones reported. With the veil of secrecy and ridicule in place all over the world, there are probably way more than that. 
I know I've had several sightings of my own, but never reported them to anybody. Why? Because I knew what I saw and I didn't need official verification or the trouble that always seemed to follow. There have been countless people who reported their sightings or their interactions only to be hushed or shamed by mysterious agents through threats on their lives and on their families' lives. Throughout the 20th and 21st centuries, people have ended up dead or labeled as crazy for speaking the truth about what they witnessed. Not my cup of tea, so I typically keep it to myself. Tonight, I'm gonna bear all. Take, for example, the famous Roswell crash incident of 1947. I think most everyone's heard about the UFO that crashed in Roswell, New Mexico. At first, the military personnel and newspapers reported a flying saucer being captured by Roswell Army Airfield, with bodies also found at the site, and it was front page news. By the next morning, the headlines retracted the flying saucer story. Oops, our bad. It was actually a downed weather balloon. No mention of the bodies this time either. Roswell locals and eyewitnesses were understandably upset and confused by this, but were met with a good old fashioned military debriefing. Military personnel who were involved, along with local citizens who were landowners, first responders, or witnesses to the crash were threatened with nasty consequences by upper ranking military officials in order to keep their silence. There's a whole list of people just from this one incident who took their experience to the grave, only to have their younger siblings or children or grandchildren come forward after their deaths with their own take on that experience, some of whom were also threatened to shut their traps even decades later. While this type of terrifying behavior appears to be prevalent and widely reported in the United States, our government doesn't have the market cornered on being a bully. Another fine example is the 1980 Rendlesham Forest incident in the UK, just outside of the Royal Air Force Woodbridge Station, which at the time was also used by the US Air Force. It was late December of that year when security at the installation saw strange lights descending from the sky into the forest. Thinking it was a downed aircraft, they sent a search team into the forest where they discovered a glowing, darkly metallic looking triangular object floating above the ground and pulsing light of different colors. They also observed strange and foreign pictographs on the craft, which Sergeant Jim Penniston felt compelled to touch. When he reached out and laid his hand on the craft, his mind was suddenly full of a series of ones and zeros. Sergeant Penniston said these numbers haunted him until he wrote them down. 16 pages worth. It wasn't until decades later that these pages of ones and zeros were recognized as a possible binary code communication. When they were finally translated into English, it said something about, quote, exploration of humanity continuous for planetary advancement, unquote, and included a list of longitudes and latitudes for several locations, including Sedona, Arizona, the Great Pyramid at Giza, the Nazca Lines of Peru, and the Portara at the Temple of Apollo in Greece. Kind of interesting coordinates, huh? This brings me to my next topic, and that would be crop circles. Let's talk about crop circles. Crop circles could definitely be a show or two, but I certainly want to touch on the subject here. I have some personal experience. Like, back in the early 90s, I got to witness crop circles firsthand. 
Being before the internet, I hadn't honestly ever heard of such a thing until it presented itself to me in quite a unique fashion. At the time, I was living in Grain Valley, which is east of Kansas City by 15 or 20 miles. It was the perfect place to bring up my young sons, and I miss it very much. One night, while meditating, I saw a strange shape that seemed to be imprinted in a field. I drew it because it struck me so funny, but I had no idea what it was. The next morning, I got a phone call from my friend Cynthia, who was very excited. She said she had something she wanted to show me and asked if I could get away for an hour or so. I agreed, although she didn't say exactly what she was so wound up about until she pulled up in my driveway. She handed me a couple of rough sketches that looked like circles and glyphs, telling me that these were some crop circles showing up in fields all over England. One in particular caught my eye, definitely being related to the strange shape that had come to me the night before. I told her about this and she looked at me awestruck. That one just showed up last night, she said. Interestingly enough, that specific crop circle is the one Led Zeppelin chose for the cover of their remastered box set. As we climbed into her Jeep, she explained that there were a couple of crop circles that had also shown up in a field not far from my house, and she wanted to go check them out. She'd been in touch with biophysicist W.C. Levengood, as well as researchers from UK who had asked her to go take photos and get samples. I was thrilled! We went to a little sorghum field a few miles away, and lo and behold, there were two perfect giant triangles imprinted in the crop. Each formation was maybe 50 to 75 feet across, and the plants inside of the formation were laying almost flat to the ground, but were still green and vibrantly alive. The stalks weren't broken, but more like gently bent over at 90 degrees, just above the root ball. They laid in perfect patterns together gracefully swirling into a neat, tight convergence at the center. It was breathtaking and completely mind-blowing. We walked around in awe, taking lots of photos, soil samples, and plant samples from both inside the formation and outside where the plants didn't appear to be affected. The farmer who owned the property was also there, scratching and shaking his head in disbelief. As we walked through the field, we felt giddy and almost dizzy like we were floating above the ground. There was also a high-pitched tone in my ears that stayed with me for the rest of that day even after we left the location. Over the next couple of weeks, things got really crazy. One night, when I was feeling especially exhausted, something kept waking me up by shaking the corners of my bed by my head. It would wait until I was almost asleep and shake me awake. At first, I thought it was my cat. But then I realized the cat was curled up next to me, looking alarmed at the same corner I was looking at. This happened for several hours, frustrating the hell out of me. Then I woke up just in time to see a very small, bipedal creature slip back into the shadows next to my bed. At that point, I was very weary and pretty agitated, so I spoke out loud. If you have something to say to me, say it or go the hell away and leave me alone. I looked up into my bedroom doorway and saw a whole assortment of beings standing there. I remember feeling hazy and really sleepy, and I laid my head back down, but I don't remember anything else until the alarm went off the next morning. Through all of that, my then-husband didn't seem to notice any of it, but he woke up the next morning and said, You know, I had some really weird dreams last night. That was quite a feat, because he never remembered his dreams. He went on to tell me that he dreamed there were aliens in the house. Oh, really? 
That was all he said, even when I pressed him, and I didn't tell him about my experience because he was so anti-everything paranormal. But when I got up to motivate on my day, I found the sliding back door unlocked, when I distinctly remembered locking it myself. And all the paintings and drawings my kids had hung on the kitchen wall were changed to different positions on that wall, some of which were right up next to the ceiling, so I knew it wasn't the four and five-year-old kids. I was perplexed, but it wasn't really scary to me for some reason. It was oddly void and very curious. The next weekend, I had planned a garage sale, but it got rained out. While I was sitting in my garage watching the rain, another acquaintance called and said there were blue light UFOs and crop circles in the field outside of her house. She said there were government vehicles all over the town and some men had been to her house asking if she'd seen anything. I called my crop circle buddy Cynthia and we made plans to take an immediate road trip to Hiawatha, Kansas. As we were passing the city limits sign, the car radio came on all by itself, but that wasn't the weirdest thing that happened that day. We went prepared to get photos and samples that we planned to send off to the scientists and we did get samples, but the cornfield had been leveled before we could get there. The plant matter that was left was kind of bleached out and pinkish in color. It was thin and wispy, like it had been treated by some kind of chemical. Cynthia and I had my local contact drop us off in an adjacent field and we snuck into the treated field. The instant we crossed the fence line, Cynthia's watch stopped and the vibe was super uncomfortable. We got our samples and scurried out just in time to meet our ride who was panicked and breathless. She said there was a caravan of government vehicles and sedans headed our way and we needed to hurry. We passed that caravan on the road and it was uber creepy, but they didn't seem to notice us. Once we were back in Kansas City, Cynthia sent the samples to Dr. Levengood and a couple of gents in England by the name of Colin Andrews and Pat Delgado, who were at the time the leading researchers in the crop circle phenomenon. Then she started getting phone calls out of the blue from people like Rosemary Ellen Guiley, who just wanted to know what we found. For whatever reason, it scared Cynthia, and she wouldn't disclose anything to any of them. Shortly after this, my sweet friend Cynthia disappeared. One day she and her son were in their home, and the next they were gone without a trace. I haven't been able to locate her since, but I'd love to know she's okay. Now, there's been a lot of publicity about some guys with yardsticks strapped to their feet being responsible for all the crop circles, but I'm here to tell you that isn't possible. Yes, they may have stomped some designs in the corn, but that will obviously damage the plants. With the samples we got and from countless other examples, there was no breakage or damage to the plants. It was like they were softened, bent over, then hardened again. As long as sightseers didn't walk through the field, the plants continued to grow until the end of their life cycle and quite honestly could have been harvested. The cell structure patterns were noticeably different too, as well as magnetic and metallic differences inside the circles compared to outside control groups. I highly recommend Dr. Levengood's research papers on this subject, which can be found at iccra.org forward slash Levengood, which is spelled L-E-V-E-N-G-O-O-D. Unfortunately for all of us, every one of these remarkable researchers have died in the last few years. Godspeed to all of them. 
Our next stop tonight takes us to the most famous non-secret secret ever, Area 51 at Groom Lake, Nevada. For decades, the U.S. government denied even the existence of Area 51. It's been rumored to be the main facility where crashed UFOs, alien bodies, and living non-humans were secretly kept by the government. There have been many whistleblowers who've come forward over the years claiming to have worked there, and they saw some incredible, even unbelievable things, like extraterrestrial craft that were being reverse-engineered, or autopsies of non-human beings, or even living non-humans who were working there side-by-side side with military humans. Locals in the area report strange lights and odd crafts in the sky, day and night, summer, winter, and they were so sure the base existed, they named that long road through the desert the Extraterrestrial Highway. Then a few years ago, the U.S. government admitted that Area 51 is real, but sorry, there are no aliens or UFOs there. In 2019, a guy by the name of Maddie Roberts posted a Facebook event to raid Area 51. Although it was meant to be a joke and a bit of clickbait, hundreds of thousands of people responded, flying the banner of, they can't stop us all. Joke or not, the Air Force took the intent very seriously and warned the public that they were authorized to shoot to kill if anyone crossed their gates. In the end, there weren't as many people who actually showed up, and the brunt of the event was moved away from Area 51's gates to a couple of music festivals instead. Only about 1,500 people showed up at the Area 51 location, but Alien Stock and Rachel and Area 51 Base Camp and Hiko provided music, dancing, and entertainment for the crowds, ending up more like a psychedelic music festival than an actual raid on a government installation. For so long now, We've been programmed and conditioned to think that UFOs and non-human life forms are science fiction, and anyone who believes otherwise is crazy. But wait, didn't our own CIA just come out with the video clips of what they called UAPs, or Unidentified Aerial Phenomenon, in which they rather coyly admitted they don't know what they are? Yes, yes they did. I don't know exactly why the governments of the world see the need to keep non-human life under such secrecy, but I have my suspicions. It doesn't take a rocket scientist to recognize that we live on one small planet in the midst of trillions or even more. It's common knowledge that we live in the third dimension, so what's to say there aren't other life forms living in other dimensions? Not only that, but we're considered to be a carbon-based life form. Who's to say there aren't other life forms built on something else, like ether or silicon or something we haven't discovered yet? So, are the governments really scared of mass hysteria if they open this can of worms to the public? That seems to be the common response of position and concern. Nah, I suspect it probably goes way deeper than that. The bottom line being that they're afraid they'll lose control over the common populace. Think about it. If you knew for sure there were other life forms with more knowledge and understanding than the power-hungry riffraff currently overseeing our world, would your attitude change toward the government? We've been lied to, manipulated, used, and abused by the authorities in this world, so who and what do we safely believe? I think that's up to us to discover and decide based on our own experiences and intuition. It's my belief that this sudden surge in UFO sightings is ushering in a new consciousness, an evolution of humankind and is likely evolving our planet too. I think it's the most amazing time ever to be alive 
and bear witness to what's happening here. And I don't believe we're alone in this universe either. I don't think we've ever been alone. And now we're the star of the show with audiences coming from all over creation and dimension. Well, we've come to the end of my show for this week. Special thanks to my wonderful boyfriend and my amazing family for helping me get this project off the ground and indulging me down this crazy rabbit hole. Thanks for listening and keep it surreal.